0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 491 today, an extended episode where we talk about the new trailer released in Japan for The Force Awakens. Lots of new footage and lots of new mysteries. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Gone Road. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Double rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we are on the road as it turns out. I'm broadcasting from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, because we are here our entire family and much more of our extended family, uh, but all of us, Scorekeeper Declan, Quizmaster Joe, Brandstormer, Lonnie, and myself are here for my father-in-law's 70th birthday celebration. So happy birthday, Fred Butler, and many happy returns to you. That being said... <laughs> The podcast never sleeps. And in fact, there's been a big surprise today. Maybe it wasn't a surprise to people in Japan. Maybe they were getting all sorts of uh, notifications and rumors and spoilers <laughs> about this sort of thing. But there was a trailer released in Japan for The Force Awakens. And yes, it does reuse a good chunk of the footage that we've already seen here in the U.S. But there is a lot of new stuff, too, including some new dialogue as well. We are going to break down the whole trailer... For you right here on this extended episode of Star Wars 7x7. Now normally of course Saturday is the day that we do our Star Wars Trivia Weekly Lightning Challenge so we will be moving that till tomorrow and this is going to count for our weekly Force Awakens update because <laughs> this is pretty darn big and we'll pick up with our regular schedule on Monday. But uh, thanks for sticking around for this one because we are going to be at it for a bit longer than seven <laughs> minutes this time around. Now we start off very similarly to the last trailer where we have these epic scenes of the Star Destroyer except we don't get as much. We get one shot of Ray standing outside the thing and you get another sense of the enormous scope of the size of this crash Star Destroyer. And we also get the shot from the last trailer Of the ship taking off in the distance and Ray sitting in her shelter, or at least under shelter, and looking off into the distance, possibly looking at it. I mean, you never know with these trailers whether that's exactly the scene that follows in the movie itself. But anyway, it's still the exact same layout in that sense from the last trailer. And we have the same voiceover. Of the voice that we are all jumping to the conclusion that it's Maz Kanata saying, Who are you? And Daisy Ridley's character, Ray, replying, I'm no one. But I'll let them tell you that. Who are you? I'm no one. Yeah, pretty much exactly what you've heard before. But then, after the Lucasfilm logo, we get a shot that is very evocative of A New Hope it's a picture of moisture evaporators at sunset on Jakku, and in the background, far off, we see a speeder racing from left to right on the screen. The boxy blockiness of it makes it look like it's Ray's speeder, and then we cut to a slightly different angle on the scene of Ray and BB-8 walking together through the desert that we saw in the last trailer, and we get some dialogue from it as well, which seems to indicate that this may be the first time that Ray and BB-8 meet. And here's what they have to say to each other where do you come from I know all about waiting for my family Oh, so this really opens up something, doesn't it? Actually, it opens up a lot of things. Let's start from the least important, which is how does Ray know how to speak astromech in the first place? That's kind of interesting in and of itself, but uh, uh, I guess we're going to have to hopefully learn about that when we see the movie. Secondly, this is our first opportunity hearing BB-8 and what he sounds like in any of the trailers. And it sounds kind of like a garbled and possibly more nuanced version of the types of beeps and bloops and stuff that we hear from r two d two and other astromech droids. It's not as sharp. it's definitely a little more modulated. I guess you would say it sounds like burbling. This is the word that keeps popping up in my head, burbling when I think about how he sounds. There's just kind of different like bloops and bloops and, bloops and, bloops and bloops. it sounds a little more full-mouthed, so to speak, as opposed to being a lot sharper and crisper and cleaner like with R2-D2. But let's talk about the content of Ray's comment, which opens up a whole universe of stuff. Now, first of all, we have to operate under the assumption that as we've mentioned earlier, sometimes things in trailers are not strung together in the precise order, but it certainly does seem like it's conversational, especially when you look at the shots and the way that they're done and you see the shot of the two of them from behind walking off into the desert that we saw in the last trailer. So it does seem like this conversation all happens in one shot. And here we have a saying she knows what it's like to be waiting and that she's presumably being asked by BB-8 what are you waiting for and she says for my family so this actually ties in with a rumor that had been going around for a while that Rey is on Jakku waiting for someone or has been left there waiting for someone. How she got there we don't know And why she was put there and why she is waiting for her family, we don't know, but already family is being brought in here, and naturally we're all going to jump to the conclusion, oh my goodness, is she a Skywalker and was deposited on Jakku for some reason, and if so, why is that the case? And, you know, I don't know if we can totally jump to that conclusion yet, the part of it at least being that she's a Skywalker, but clearly she's been deposited on Jakku for a reason. She's not no one by any stretch of the imagination. She is a someone for sure. But I guess there's a case to be made that even that could be just a a red herring, as it were, because... You know, sometimes people are told stories about their lives and they're not exactly true. Or They grew up believing certain things that are not exactly true, right? Uh, Like Luke and uh, his thoughts about his father, for example. So maybe Ray has been told that she is waiting for her family and maybe that's not really the case. We don't yet know for sure, but it certainly opens up a whole new realm of intriguing stuff about her backstory. All right, so now we cut to a series of shots where BB-8 burbles from inside some shelter or marketplace or something where Rey is, and she walks out to see what BB-8's going outside to look at, and Finn is there. And Finn comes out to look and see what's going on too. But then it quickly cuts to BB-8's perspective looking out and it looks like we are looking at an entirely different time of day from that initial shot when he rolls outside. Now it looks like it's sunset again and he's looking out. And then we cut to possibly one of the most beautiful shots of all the trailers that we've seen so far and that is a set of TIE fighters soaring in in front of a giant setting sun with clouds streaming past that setting sun. My gosh, it is incredible. What a beautiful shot. We will have the trailer, by the way. We have the trailer embedded at the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com, but we'll have, I think, a screenshot of that as well. Holy cow, what an incredible, beautiful shot that is. Then we cut to a new shot of the flame trooper raining fire down on a village, and followed immediately by a shot we saw in the last trailer of Captain Phasma walking through the torched village with stormtroopers nearby, and then the one from the second teaser with Kylo Ren doing the quick turn and force push thing, and I'm pretty sure this is Jakku because it looks like a moisture evaporator in the background there, so clearly they are on the hunt on Jakku, whether it's after Finn or BB-8 or something else yet to be seen. But then we get a Title card with Japanese characters on it, and of course this is the internet age, so <laughs> naturally somebody has already translated this for us. So we have uh, Time magazine's uh, post where it says Japanese is frustratingly vague sometimes. It says the brief title card says simply quote Wake up unquote. And says that could be a reference to Rei or it could be talking about the Force. It could alternately be read as, quote, she shall awaken, unquote, or it awakens, unquote. Time says, as we said before, Japanese often leaves out things English speakers find a bit, shall we say, necessary to understanding the full meaning. But it's likely a double meaning that the Force is awakening as is Rey's knowledge of her own power. Hmm, chew on that one for a while. All right, so next up we get Kylo Ren, and this is very similar to what we saw in the last trailer, a close-up of his mask and him looking at Darth Vader's melted mask, and instead of saying, nothing will stand in our way, like he said last time, he says this instead. I will fulfill our destiny. I will finish what you started. And the back half of that, of course, is what you heard in the last trailer. Now, there are Japanese subtitles on that, and according to Time Magazine, The translation of that is, I am the one to inherit your legacy. So, not very different, really, from what he was talking about in English, but I don't think we can necessarily read too much into the translation, if you will, because that could be more cultural than anything else and not necessarily tell us something about the meaning, per se. But we do get a title card, again, after that, and it's saying, according to Time Magazine, that the next title card uses... Uh, Passive construction of the same verb that we saw in the, the subtitle just now. And it says, a new generation is inheriting the world. Time Magazine says this may be coincidental. Or it could be a signal that there are some family relationships between characters that we and possibly they don't know yet. (laughs) Which would be something that would definitely mirror the original trilogy where the characters themselves are unaware of their familial relationships. And I think that would be something very cool to continue to have people finding out what kind of role they play in the whole Skywalker saga. And before that title card comes up, I should say that we get two quick cuts. One of them we've already seen. It's the one of Kylo Ren slashing his blade. And we saw that in, I believe, the second teaser trailer. But we also get a close-up of him igniting the lightsaber. And, you know, that cross guard. I've heard it labeled a cruciform lightsaber. Anyway, he's lighting it inside someplace. We see control panels in the background, so possibly on Starkiller Base, possibly inside his own ship. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure about that. But anyway, uh, definitely indoors, and we get a real close-up look at the sucker, too. And man, it does look intimidating, I'll say that. Alright, so after that title card, we get shots of the Millennium Falcon being chased by TIE Fighters around the Star Destroyer graveyard on Jakku. I think we might be treated to a split second or two of footage that we haven't seen yet here. But then in voiceover, and eventually it cuts over to the actual scene on the Millennium Falcon, we have Ray and Finn actually finally introducing themselves to each other because they don't know each other's names yet. Have a listen. I don't know your name. Finn. I'm right. Now, interestingly, even though there aren't subtitles on this, I guess Time Magazine must have gotten a hold of a a more intensely Japanese (laughs) version of the trailer because they say that... uh, I guess they were looking at the original Japanese language or something because the language is very casual. They're not using honorifics. So that indicates that the two have already had a chance to get more familiar with each other before they had a chance to introduce themselves. So it does, I guess, beg the question, at what point do they actually... Uh, introduce themselves versus them running around in the desert of Jakku and getting shot at by TIE fighters and chased around by stormtroopers and whatnot. But apparently they're safe on the Falcon and are able to introduce themselves. So maybe a lot of that stuff happens really quickly, even despite the fact that it looks like in the earlier scene where BB-8 kind of rolls out from the shelter to see what's going on outside and Ray gets up to look over and Finn walks over Uh, I mean that seems like things are pretty calm you think they would have a chance to introduce themselves at that point but maybe not maybe uh, maybe this scene on the Falcon happens before that scene that we see earlier in the trailer again you can never piece these things in chronological order very easily just with the trailer itself Alright, so after that we cut to scenes from Takodana, the place where Maz Kanata's castle is. And we have the X-Wings flying over the lake and X-Wings locking their S-Foils into attack position. And I think this is a slightly different angle than we've seen from the trailers previous, but then it cuts to a shot of the First Order Stormtroopers getting ready to repel the attack from the X-Wings flying at them across the lake. It cuts very quickly to the two scenes that we saw of the Knights of Ren, presumably, in Kylo Ren, in the rain, and we saw that in the trailer that was released on Monday Night Football, that cuts to a shot of what looks like the tactical base where the first, uh, excuse me, where the resistance is, because Leia comes in screen right, and it looks... Blurry behind her, so it's all focused on her. But I think that's Ken Leung, who is in the center of the frame, and he is a an actor who has been on a lot of J.J. Abrams projects and was confirmed to be in The Force Awakens as well. Um, Best known, I guess, to being Miles and Lost. There's also another uh, gentleman who's definitely further back in the shot, who seems to have a lot of white hair and possibly white beard too. Can't tell who that is, offhand. But Leia looks like she's looking at some tactical screen. This is happening while we get the voiceover of Rey from the last trailer where she talks about how there are stories about what happened, and that cuts shot-wise to C-3PO turning to look at something with Leia in the background and Poe Dameron also on the scene in this uh, tactical command center, a place, whatever's going on. It does look like over C-3PO's right shoulder, if you freeze-frame it, that there's a bandolier strap in the background, which makes me wonder if Chewie... Is there too. It's one of those like blink if you'll miss it kind of situations. But I can't say for sure, but it sure does look like it's him standing back there. And that fades really quickly into another shot of the dogfights happening over the lake and uh, by Mazcanada's castle in Takadana. And then that cuts to a new shot on um, Jakku with BB 8 on a sand dune. And it's nighttime and there's a large explosion that happens a bit over a ridge or two. BB-8 uh, then gets a nice little shot looking at it with his uh, his photoreceptor and rolling ahead, wondering what's going on. But then it cuts to the scene that we saw before from the last trailer of Han and Finn and Rey walking into Maz castle with the red robot on the side looking after them. And this is Han Solo's piece of the voiceover, which is slightly different from what we heard in the trailer. There are stories about what happened. The Force. It's true. All of it. All right, so we knew something had changed with Han Solo when he was talking about the Jedi and the dark side and all that fun stuff, but now even saying the Force. Yeah, something has seriously changed in this guy's experience for him to be able to say that. And while he's talking about it, then we also get the shot from the second teaser trailer of the lightsaber being handed off uh, and presumably being handed off to Princess Leia. This is what we're all thinking so far. And then coming back to the scene that we saw in the third trailer with Ray and Finn on the Falcon looking at the holographic projection of the planets and Han Solo on the other side saying all of it. Then we cut to another really awesome shot. And it's a point of view shot. It looks like there's a camera sitting on one of the S foils of an X-wing fighter in flight, and it looks like this is above Star Killer Base. Actually, just looking at the uh, at the background, at the uh, at the sky and the ground below it, with a couple of X-wings also in camera frame too. Very cool. But the uh, the shot goes really fast and twists and blurs. And then it cuts to a shot from Takadana that we saw in the third trailer with the X-Wing flying downward toward the lake, chasing after a TIE fighter and shooting it, and it blows up and we fly through the explosion. And that cuts to a shot that we haven't seen yet, which is Rey clambering on Jakku over some, you know, some scavenged material, some, you know what, I'll be honest with you, it looks like the joint of an Imperial walker's leg I see in the foreground, and her staff is propped up right next to it so she runs across the top of possibly that leg of a fallen down at grabs her staff and jumps and it immediately cuts to a scene that we've already seen of Finn in the dark snowy forest lighting up his lightsaber And then we get another new one. We get Chewy, and we get him growling. He is somewhere, it looks like in possibly underground tunnels or something. We see grates above him. We see pipes and uh, limited lighting, and he growls about something. And then we cut to him with something in his hand, and he pushes a button. It turns out, well, okay, it turns out, I should say, I should back up, because... Again, we don't know for sure in the order of things in trailers and whatnot, but he presses a button and suddenly we have the explosion scene that we had toward the end of the last trailer, that scene where the glass is blowing up and people are getting knocked around and we're presuming that it's an Imperial facility because there's a mouse droid in the foreground and the uh, the flooring in some places has that sort of, you know, those ovally striped shapes that make it look like it's an Imperial installation. There's a brief flash of glass blowing up Right before the scene that we've already seen, that you know may add to our our, and not really our knowledge of the scene because we don't really know anything more than it blowing up, but we get an extra split second of explosion from a different angle, and that then cuts into a scene with Ray and Kylo in the forest. It is daytime. Ray appears to be from the angle of the shot on her knees, but we only see her from. Uh, you know, the shoulders and arms up, and Kylo is standing above her, behind her, and brings his lightsaber to bear. She looks afraid to begin with, but when that lightsaber gets near her neck, she looks down at it, and the abject fear in her eyes, fantastic acting by Daisy Ridley, especially considering that, you know, that's got to be special effect for the most part, when she was actually... (laughs) sitting there filming the thing in the forest. So very well done and very threatening. And, you know, it does put me in mind of the, oh gosh, we did this a while ago when on force Friday, IGN had stuck a microphone up against a talking Kylo Ren. And he made some comment about, you know, just you're a scavenger. That's all you are. And being sounding very disappointed about that. And I'm wondering if that is something that's a part of the scene that we're seeing right here. But, uh, very menacing shot, for sure. And then we cut to a scene that we've already seen as well. It was in the last trailer, and is BB-8 in the Astromex slot of an X-Wing fighter above Star Killer Base. And this time we actually hear him burbling, as opposed to last time. And then we get the shot of Poe that we saw from the very first teaser trailer inside the cockpit. And then we get back to the dogfight over the trench at Starkiller Base so that we saw in the third teaser trailer. Not the third teaser trailer, just the third trailer in general. And I think we may have an extra split second of that. I'm not positive. But we then get the drop into black as the music has been dramatically rising. And then it cuts to Ray. and the scene that we saw in the last trailer of her crying and With a body, apparently, so it seems that we don't know the identity of yet. In the dark, in a snowy forest. And we have another voiceover, again from the voice that we are presuming is Maz Kanata. And here it is. Hope is not lost today. It is found. Alright, so let's speculate on that a bit, shall we? First of all, uh, we are presuming still that this is Maz Kanata. It's the same voice that was asking who are you in the very beginning of the trailer. And yeah, somebody saying that seems to imply that there has been a lot of negative things happening, but they're trying to draw a positive out of it. And if it is, in fact, Maz Kanata, then certainly it's easy to look at the attack that happens on Takadana and the destruction of the castle and all that fun stuff that, you know, that seems like a pretty negative thing, but somehow something good has come out of it. And I guess that's where Maz is choosing to bring her focus, which is certainly an admirable thing. But what could it be that has come out of it? What kind of hope has been found? And why was there... You know why was there any losing of hope happening in the first place? Why was she thinking that hope was um, lost or in such a position that it could have been considered lost based on what happened on you know on Takadana with the the uh, the fighting between the resistance and the first order? I don't know, but I'll tell you, it's easy to jump to the conclusion that because Rey and Finn and Han Solo and Chewbacca were there, that maybe it has something to do with them somehow. That they are the ones bringing hope, or that one of the four of them or two of the four of them or more actually represent hope in a much bigger way than we yet realize as listeners still hanging on every last shred and scrap of dialogue and images and video and photos and all that fun stuff that's coming out of Lucasfilm. So that is going to do it for our breakdown of the trailer, except for a couple last bits that we will talk about after the break. Shh! Hey Rebel Rouser, if you've got a business that you need to get in front of a bunch of Star Wars fans, then I've got an idea for you. I'm looking for a sponsor to get the entire Star Wars 7x7 team over to London for Star Wars Celebration Europe next July, and we get a ton of exposure when we do Star Wars Celebration podcasts, not just the regular episodes but the bonus stuff, and all the in-person stuff too, not to mention all the live streaming video we do. So if that's something of interest to you, then reach out via the contact form at SW7x7.com and let's talk! All right, so before we go, I just have to quote Grand Moff Tarkin and say, He lied. He lied to us. <laughs> Specifically J.J. Abrams, because he said in multiple interviews that there would be no new trailers. And gee whiz, I think this kind of counts. I don't know about you, but I definitely think it kind of counts. I mean, the trailer that we got on Monday Night Football had a couple of scenes that we had already seen from the first two teasers, and yet, you know, that was a new trailer, and we were all perfectly fine with that. Same thing here. We got new dialogue. We got new footage. We got some old stuff, too, but I say this kind of counts, and I think this is not going to be the end of it either. I mean, we still have... A month and change before The Force Awakens hits, we're going to have TV commercials. And I'm sure they're still holding uh, new images and new video spots. And I'm sure we'll see things on Twitter and Instagram and probably even on Facebook video as well. So, yeah, we're by no means done with all of the new information that's going to get shared about The Force Awakens. And I'm wicked excited and I'm very grateful to you for listening to this extended breakdown episode of The Force Awakens Japanese trailer. Again, I'm your host, Alan Boivota. If you're a brand new listener, then please do consider subscribing to the podcast we are generally seven minutes a day, seven days a week, and the generally is just on the seven minutes a day part because we are always seven days a week. Sometimes we are eight times a week in case there's some really extra awesome stuff happening, but that's all right. Anyway, please do subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Overcast or whatever your favorite podcatching app is. And if you are a long-time listener, hey, thank you so much for continuing to be a part of this journey. We are marching closer to 500 episodes, and I could not have done that without your support. So on behalf of Brainstormer Lonnie, Scorekeeper Declan, and Quizmaster Joe, I am your host, Alan Voivod, saying a good night, and may the Force be with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. and hey, before your scopes go dead and you start the landing cycle, check out sw7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com sw7x7. It's not a slimy mud hole, it's destiny unleashed.